Welcome to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. I'm Rhiannon. I'm Melissa. We're just two behavior analysts owning and improving our imperfect behavior. Welcome back to the Imperfect Behavior Podcast. I'm a behavior analyst. She's a behavior analyst. And our special guest, Trina, is a behavior analyst. So guys, if this is your first time with us, our podcast is all about using behavior analytic skills to kind of work into everyday life with your imperfect behaviors. But uh, Trina Mendoza is a BCBA, first and foremost in her title, but... She also holds other certifications. So Trina, can you explain a little bit about some of the other titles that you hold? Yeah. So um, I recently relocated to Oregon. So I'm also a licensed behavior analyst for the state of Oregon. And I also hold a precision nutrition level one um, certification. That's a nutrition um, certification so that I can coach clients in that area. That's awesome. Um, I think we've talked several times about like, this is an area that we both think is really interesting that behavior analytic tools are being implemented for because it's so important to everybody in general or, you know I mean? A lot of times we have a goal that is nutrition or fitness oriented, but we don't know how to start it or how to sustain it, you know, and kind of like maintain over the long run. Um, and you also have data-driven performance, right? Yeah. So I have data-driven performance. So um, I'm doing nutrition coaching mostly with clients that are, um, can they compete in like weight class specific sports? So they um, need some type of like weight class management. So staying within a range so that when it's time to compete, they're not too far off. Um, for weigh-in, but I also do um, behavior coaching, like just helping clients um, kind of outline what a plan is, like health and fitness related, and come up with those health-related behaviors that'll get them to their goal. And maintain them long-term. I know for our listeners, uh, <laughs> a lot of feedback we get when we're constantly kind of running back, like, what are your goals? Or what are you guys working on? It always comes back to how to eat better and then how to work out. And I'm like, I can only start my routine. I make it usually about three weeks and then I just go back to old habits. Um, so I was looking at your blog, which is awesome. You have a ton of posts on there. Um, but one of the things I saw was how you tell people how to like set goals, but specifically how to do like objectives as a definition, like we would typically do for our clients, like in like our home setting. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. Um, I definitely think, um, you know, sometimes it's almost, it's like a blessing and a curse that we're in this field because we do have all the tools under our belt to change behavior. But I think there's so many factors in changing your own behavior. Um, one thing mostly is give reinforcing yourself for probably not the right behaviors or providing, you know, free access to reinforcement, I think is a big issue. But also I think, um, you know, I think it's really important that we look at our own goals, the way we would treat our goals for our clients, like with like operationally defining what the target behavior is, um, seeing what the prerequisite skills you have for that behavior and, you know, using tools like shaping um, reinforcement, and then also ensuring the maintenance of the skill. Because like you said, sometimes it's really easy to start, but um, 
having that same kind of intense motivation in the beginning is really hard to sustain over time. Mm-hmm. One of the blogs that I was kind of drawn to of yours was talking about the preference assessments, though, because it, you know, I kind of like thought back about all of the trendy things, you know, that come out about fitness and nutrition. And, you know, if you're like you just said, the motivation is hard to sustain. So if you're kind of like trying out either a diet that incorporates foods that you don't like, or, you know, um, a workout routine, I hate like Tabata style workouts. But you have to go so hard, like in the time that you're working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I genuinely do like running, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, which she hates. She <laughs> likes cycling, which I also sit down. <laughs> just, um, so if I went to a, a trainer, you know what I mean? That like, didn't incorporate a general preference assessment, you know, and they, suggested to me to do some type of like, what do they call them? Air squats where you like squat down, jump up. I would say like, bye Felicia. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely, obviously there's many ways to eat and many ways to work out. Um, you know, and there's always like, when you read a fitness magazine, it's like the best way to get into shape in, I don't know, 30 days or something, you know, there's some like flashy tagline to it. And I think, you know, yeah, that might be the best overall, like as far as like burning calories or the best, you know, way to lose weight, but is it going to be sustainable over time? Probably not if you don't like it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like really important to look at what your preferences are. And, um, just in my own experience, because I've tried so many things, like I hate running and I've ran like a full marathon. I've ran two half marathons. I'm not good at it. And it's just like something that's very hard to get myself motivated. Like if, someone told me to go run right now, I would not, I would rather like clean my whole house or something. (laughs) So I think it's important just looking at like, what is it finding something that you like, because that's going to increase the likelihood that you'll actually exercise or, you know, follow a certain diet. Yeah. I think another one of your blog posts, you talked about like the response effort. I think you were probably pertaining to like having the food in your house and you know, if the response effort's too high to eat healthy, then you're not going to do it. And that's something that we use in the field all the time, but also to just be mindful. So something I've been trying to do is like prep those foods ahead of time or like even cut my fruits and vegetables so that they're, I can just pull them out and go. Cause even sometimes digging into the grape bag, if they're still on the vine, it's like, too- <laughs> so if they're already like pre bagged and I can just like grab them in the morning, then I tend to eat healthier. Yeah, definitely. Or even like um, bringing your gym clothes with you, you know, when we were leaving the house to go to work, you know, so that you can just like go to the gym straight from work versus coming home. Like the likelihood of me going to the gym, if I come home after working all day and then I like sit on the couch, I'm probably not going to then change my clothes. I'm changing into my pajamas at that point. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Um, yeah. So just looking at like ways that you can make, you know, engaging in those healthy, you know, exercise behavior and eating healthier, easier, mm-hmm. I think is another big component, um, to sticking to these things for a long, long time. Out of curiosity, are you a morning workout person or an evening workout person based on preference? 
So based off preference, I think for me personally, because I have done um, a lot of different styles of training. So usually um, for the past five years, I have trained and competed in Olympic weightlifting. And I think the amount, it, the amount of like mental focus I need, I can't do that very well in the morning. But if I'm just going to work out and like just to work out for general health purposes and not like with a competition focus in mind, I can do that in the morning because it's kind of just like a little bit more mundane and doesn't require me to think as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think my preference is not for the morning. Like if I had to pick one, I do wake up early, but I like to just like sit and drink coffee and just like not do anything for a couple hours before Honestly, trying to be productive. I imagine you're a morning workout person. I am. Yeah. I like to wake up like recently I've been waking up at like five to. Yeah. Same, same with me. So yeah. <laughs> the clock over here. Well, I, think I, just, like, I get so tired at the end of the day where like samesies with the pajamas. I yeah. in the evening to workout like see I can get a solid workout in sometimes at 10 p.m and be totally okay with that that's ridiculous I don't know I think I have zero energy in the morning but like (laughs) get on and go do a 45 minute thing at 10 o'clock especially some nights because I teach online too so those nights I'm still so wired afterwards my brain is so awake I'm like I gotta go burn this energy off yeah or I think I still have a lot of anxiety through the day so that's my way of like okay let me just go get this out so I can finally like yeah. And then I can like take a shower and get right into bed. It's like awesome. So with your um I'm I guess I'm gathering that like the um the weightlifting is kind of like the main bulk of your training right now, or do you still incorporate other types um so typically yeah, usually um so the sport of Olympic weightlifting, like competing in the snatch and the clean and jerk, um that's what I usually do. And that's what I have found to be, I think the most reinforcing for myself. I like having kind of like set deadlines of like, there's a meet coming up in 12 weeks and I have 12 weeks to prepare for this. And then trying to, you know, um, like surpass like what I hit at a previous meet, like weight wise. And I think that has just like been really reinforcing for me, but, um, just with like the pandemic and everything, my motivation has been very low to train by myself at home. Um, and without any meets like on the horizon, um, I decided to just take a break. So right now I just lift weights more just for like general strength and health purposes at home, but not for competition. Gotcha. So, I mean, you can speak on either one, I guess, uh, if you want to talk about like yourself or, um, when you're kind of assisting to train somebody else, but can you kind of allude to some of the pointers of like how you would take data on, you know, the training progress, like with your weightlifting, I guess it's the weight increasing. I mean, yeah. So for the weightlifting, I work with a coach and, you know, she has a specific plan as far as like progressing me, um, you know, making sure that I'm not getting burned out too quickly and kind of that I can sustain like a certain, you know, amount of reps per session per week. And that, um, you know, and, and we'll go pretty hard all the way leading up to meet. And then the week before we kind of like rest, we'll do like lighter to kind of like recover. And then hopefully we can hit something pretty big, you know, like at, at a competition. Um, 
so I leave that up to her when I am competing and weightlifting. Um, but for me, I just track like what my best, you know, lifts are um, over time. And especially with a sport like weightlifting, sometimes I feel like you work so long for such a long time to like add one kilogram to a lift that they're burned in my memory. Like I don't even need to write them down because I know like what those are because I've hit them like once in my life (laughs) and never again. (laughs) Um, but I think for a client, you know, it really depends on what their goal is, you know, and trying to find out like, what are the steps to meeting that goal? Um, and setting, I think, reasonable goals to get to that ultimate terminal goal is really important. Just like we would do with our clients, um, within, you know, the autism treatment space, Mm -hmm really looking at taking baseline data and then using that baseline to create a goal that's reasonable. I like that. I think on um, one of your other blogs I was reading, you taught, you said something that we kind of relate to and we try to get the message out, but you, I think it was said that you're like your daily weight changes so much, but like your monthly, like the trend is decreasing. And I think that's something mm-hmm. to really focus on. Cause I know me, like I've been trying for like the last six weeks, like really be good. And, you know, I'll work out so hard or I eat healthy that next, that, that day. And then the next day I get on the scale and it was like all for nothing. But there could be so <laughs> many like biological things happening too that affect that weight. So I need to not hyper-focus on the scale every day and really look at the overall trend. Um, cause then I might just throw my whole day out the window. Because the scale <laughs> didn't tell me what I wanted it to say. Cause I worked so hard the day before. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that reminder and, um, just remembering like the progress piece, like it's not perfection every day. It's like the progress over time. Yeah, definitely. And I think weighing yourself is sometimes such an emotional thing. Like you're like, I've been working so hard and then you get on the scale and sometimes it's even like higher than the previous day. And that can really kind of mess with you. Um, you know, so I think it's important to look at other factors too, in regards to like your health and fitness, not just your weight. Um, but you know, like how you feel and how your clothes are fitting. Um, if your exercise routine is going well, I think those are all like really good markers to look for and indicators that, you know, what you're doing is working, but yeah, the, the scale can really sometimes mess with you. But so, um, and I think that's what, what makes sticking to a health and fitness routine kind of difficult sometimes is that you contact reinforcement so infrequently, I think, and it takes really long. And so I think that's what makes it difficult because you feel like, well, I just spent like a whole month and I was like running every day and eating really healthy and nothing happened, (laughs) you know, but sometimes it takes longer than a month. So I think that that definitely plays a factor. Right. Like redefining what the reinforcements are too. Like I know Mm -hmm. like the weight for me is such a big one, but if I maybe focused on how long I was able to cycle for. Like when I started, it was like 20 to 30 minutes, but now I'm getting stronger. So I'm doing more 45 minute workouts or um, I have a Peloton. So their system is pretty behavior analytic and I really like it. (laughs) um, I can see like what my PRs were previously. So I like, I can Mm -hmm. be myself and I'm my biggest competitor. Like I know I'm not the fastest ever. (laughs) I'm quite the slowest out of all my friends, but I've learned that I just got to figure out how to do for myself. And so I can go out and run now because I'm just running against myself. Like I'm not worried about how slow I am, which is as slow as a turtle. People can walk faster than me, but I don't care. Like I'm going because I know I want to get that extra mile or get that extra quarter mile. So I'm just competing against myself at that point. 
And so I need to like redefine the reinforcers that I'm trying to get to instead of focusing it on like the weight part of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know, especially with the pandemic, like you said, you know, your routine changed, our routines definitely changed. Um, All the gyms are opening around here, but they still have kind of like restrictions. So Mm -hmm. the apps for me have been a big part of that. Like she said, the Peloton, I uh, also use the new map and both of those are very behavior analytic you know, yeah. um, in their data collection and kind of like reinforcement and stuff like that. Do you have any apps or, you know, little gadgets and tools that you like to use? I use like a similar nutrition app, um, for myself, just because I do find that I do best when I have accountability to somebody other than myself. Um, I've worked with coaches before, um, for the nutri- nutrition piece. And even though I know what, I, what to do, sometimes it's just easier to have something directing you and telling you what to do. So I use a similar app called carbon and it's another um, nutrition app that kind of sets guidelines based on your goal. Like you input, like how much you weigh. And then I like it because you can see how you're doing. Um, You can see like graphs of like your weight and the averages for the week and um, you know, like how much protein you're consuming, how many carbs, fat. And then every week you just kind of check in and you say like, were you able to hit within these ranges, like an average, and then it'll recalculate your you know, set guidelines for the week. So I like that for me personally. Um, and that's worked. And I think, you know, I don't necessarily need one-on-one contact with a coach, but it just helps to have like something like that to kind of keep you on task. Do you have any other um, things you want to add? Sorry, I mean, to put you on the spot. (laughs) You have such an awesome platform um, with your, you know, with your Instagram and your website. So I want to make sure people know Maybe you can just tell them a little bit more about that, what you're trying to do. So um, I started data-driven performance about two years ago. Um, I've always worked in the field um, with autism, but I started both in the fitness field and ABA at the around the same time. So um, I just knew that there were a lot of applications of our science that could be used with a general population, with you know increasing exercise behavior and nutrition behavior. So um, it started out kind of just like as this little like fun passion project where I would talk about how, you know, ABA can be applied to health and fitness, but um, now I'm really trying to expand and um, into, you know, health and fitness coaching and helping clients come up with clear goals and, you know, make them realistic and help them attain their goals. I love that. I love that our science like our big goal, I think, in our science is to spread it to all aspects of behavior. Um, I know for so long we've been stuck in the little box, but we can yeah. go anywhere <laughs> with anyone that behaves. And that's a big part of what we're trying to do with this podcast is just share all the different ways that we can use our science um, outside of our little bubble. So I love that you were willing to come on with us tonight and kind of share um, your knowledge in this area and hopefully give some people some good ideas and tips on how to use our science to reach their fitness and nutrition goals. Uh, Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. No problem. Well, Trina, thanks for joining us this week. You can learn more from Trina at data driven performance and Instagram that will link to um, her website and then hit subscribe on our podcast. So you can listen to us every week and we will be back next week. Have a good one guys. (laughs) 